This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You know, before I, I get going here tonight, um, sometimes things in life will really, you know, just try to grab your attention real strong. And where, where I'm going with this is I know many of you have had family members that were up here on the board I know some of you, your family members got saved on Easter Sunday. Just right here, we bumped 100. We got real close to 100, I know of. But if they didn't give their heart to Jesus, don't give up, okay? Just keep praying. Just think about this in your life. How many years in your life were people praying for you? Man, I know my mom prayed for years for me and my brother. And so today, I, I, was, I was looking at this list of obituaries and there was a guy that grew up with me and my brother. He was two years older than me. And uh, he, he was really, really a good athlete. But as far as I know, he, he just would never give his heart to Jesus. He never lived for the Lord Jesus. And in that obituary that I saw, he died. And it, it really bothered me. And you say, why did that bother you? I tell you, I, I, I don't like the thought that people are going to spend eternity in hell. It really affects me when I see those things. And so I don't know if I'm talking to some of you in here tonight. Don't, don't play around with eternity, okay? And, and look at salvation. It's not a punishment to be saved, okay? I don't look and say, oh, God, it's not fair that I got to live saved. I'm telling you, I lived with great fruit right now, great blessings and great peace. And, and my background before I got born again was and I was in trouble all the time. I was a drunk, literally a teenage alcoholic. God set me free from all that. And he'll do the same for you. I, I was literally a walking mess, a time bomb. And in my life, I caused a lot of pain. I caused a lot of pain. And I don't want to cause pain. I don't want to cause pain in my life to my wife. I don't want to cause pain to my parents anymore. And so I said, you know, I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. And just as we sang tonight, I'm not going back to that junk. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but throwing up because I was hung over all the time, that wasn't great fun and causing pain. So just give your heart to Jesus. Come as you are, okay? He loves you. He's not saying you got to be this person. Just give your heart to Jesus, and your life will be a great adventure. And on top of that, you get to spend eternity with me in heaven. Some of you understand this. You're never going to get away from me. Praise the Lord. We're going to be in heaven coming down the golden streets, and you're going to say, there's old pastor over there. He made it. Thank the Lord he did. All right, that, that has absolutely nothing what we're going to do tonight, but I just really sense that. So go with me to the book of James, chapter 1. Now, we're talking about faith. And the Bible's very clear, the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's Hebrews eleven six. The Bible goes over and over and over about faith. And so we'll talk about that a little deeper tonight. Tonight, I'm going to give you something that's kind of like the dynamic duo with faith. It's, it's like Batman and Robin. It's faith and patience. And some of you say, oh, crud, I hate that word. Well, I think this will help you biblically to see this. One of the definitions of patience is being constant, the same way at all times. 
Now, that's a different view of patience that, than I, I really think most of us understand. Being constant and the same way at all the time, because a lot of times when we view patience, we think of patience as just grit it out, just suck it up and tough it out, and it'll be okay. But that's not the way patience is in the Bible when we study this. And so you're going to see many times, even tonight, and in your own private study times, how faith and patience go together. So we start in James 1, verse 2. My brethren. Now, in my Bible, when he says, my brethren, there's a comma right after that. And so he's saying, my my fellow believers, Christians, people that are born again, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, when I used to read this a long time ago, and it would say, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, my thought was this, is that even possible? But if you note in there, he said, count it all joy when. Now, now highlight the word when. When you fall into various trials, it doesn't say if you fall into various trials, it says when. And and this tells me right here that not one of us are exempt from trials and we're not excluded from trials. And what does the word trials literally mean? It literally means that there's going to be tests that are going to come in your life. And so he's saying, count it all joy when these tests show up in our life. Verse 2, 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The New Living says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So as we begin to look this, once we look at this throughout again the Bible, you'll find faith and patience, how they go over and over. Why is, is faith and patience mentioned together? I believe patience is what undergirds faith. It just holds it up. And it says, listen, God's at work. God is moving and it may be behind the scenes. It's not going to be on my timetable. But patience just said, my job is to believe God and leave the rest of it to him. It's all on God's timetable. And so when I look at this here and says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, understand this clearly here, trials and tests, Don't produce faith, okay? What produces faith? Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the more me and you hear the Word of God, faith is going to come. Here's another great verse on how to to, to develop faith in you. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So anytime I hang out with the Word of God, it's going to create faith in me. Anytime I start trusting in the Lord Jesus and believing what he's done, that he's the author and the finisher of my faith. He's the script writer of my life. It's going to create faith in me. So tests and trials, they don't produce faith. But it did say that the testing of my faith produces patience. And so every time I get in a test and a trial, understand this, there's going to be a development of my patience, my perseverance, or my endurance. And that's what I mean. It undergirds faith. When you think about patience as an endurance, it says, you know what? I'm just going to keep going on. 
I'm going to keep serving God and I'm going to keep believing Him. Keep reading here, verse 4. If any of, or it says, but let patience have its perfect work. Now just think about that right there. Let patience have its perfect work. There's something that patience does for each one of us, and it brings us into a perfect work. And he ends this verse or this sentence, and he says, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, the word perfect there means mature. It means complete. And so he's telling me that when these tests come along, when I'm in faith, he said, it's going to produce a patience that will ultimately determine my maturity and that I'm complete. That The New Living says, when your endurance is fully developed. Now, if you'll note in there, he said that patience would cause you to be mature and complete. It didn't say you would be problem-free or pain-free, right? And so instead of complaining about the test I'm going in, I can count it all joy because I know in this situation that the only way my patience is going to be developed is I'm going to go through some tests. And as I'm going through these tests, you're going to be in them. Remember, he said, when you fall into these various trials. So understand this, they're going to come. And so when these tests come, how do I operate in those tests? Do I go around complaining? Do I bellyache? Do I tell everybody how hard it is? Or do I literally count it all joy and I say, God's working. God's moving in my life. God is going to help me in this area. Remember, patience is being constant the same way at all times. So when you look at that, patience is part of the process. I've got to develop patience. Every one of us in this room, we've got to develop this. Now, go with me to the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and I'm going to load you up tonight with as much scripture as I can on patience. Pastor, I bet you have it mastered now, don't you? Not even close. Ah, God works on me on patience and patience and patience. I'm getting better. And when I read these scriptures, a lot of this helps me to understand when these tests and trials come through, how do I act? How do I behave? And I can tell you, guys, sometimes I flunk. I flunk the test. You know, uh, uh, when I go home from work, when I come to work, when I'm going anywhere, I, I, I'm in a hurry all the time. It just seems like I've got to hurry. Everybody's in my way. And just recently, I heard the Lord say to me, do you think you can go from the house to the church without getting mad or popping off about one driver? Now, that was a great test for me. I failed. I failed. I, I did really good until I got right over here. And you know what the word out of my mouth was? You idiot. And when I said it, I thought, oh, Lord, just put patience in me, Father God, even in that area, that it comes to maturing me and completing me where I don't have to mouth off and get mad about everything. Where I can go through life and say, you know what? God's got everything in control. Now, that's just an area in my life that I can tell you that I battle all the time. Romans 5, begin with me in verse number 1. Therefore, having been justified or acquitted by faith. 
I'm justified by faith. How's that? We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I've got to believe, believe and have faith that Jesus is the one who's justified me. Jesus is the one who acquitted me. And I receive that by faith. Through whom we have been accessed by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, now listen to this. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Now that verse is cross-referenced into John 16, 33. John 16, 33, Jesus himself said this, In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good courage, I have overcome the world. And so he warns us once again, you're going to have tribulations, you're going to have tests, you're going to have trials, even as Christians. If someone told you that once you got born again, you'll never have problems again, I hate to inform you tonight, they lied. But understand this, when I'm going through these tests and I'm going through these tribulations, I can trust the Lord and say, I thank you, Father God, you're going to help me get through this. No matter how tough it is. So he says here, that we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. The New Living says there that it is the development of perseverance, the development of endurance, and the development of patience. What did he say right there, tribulations, tests, or trials would produce? Perseverance or patience. So once again, this tells me something right here. The way patience and perseverance and endurance is going to be developed in your life and my life is I'm going to go through some things. That's why he said there to start with, count it all joy. So we keep reading. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Now when I put all this together, when our Christian character goes through hardships... Hope of receiving what God has promised, it grows stronger. Where I can grab a hold of it, and you know what my thought is this? Just as the Lord Jesus was faithful to equip me, to justify me, Father God's faithful in every area. That's why you find scripture in the word of God, and you attach your life to that scripture, and no matter what test, trial, tribulation you're going through, you hold fast to it, and you begin to say, I thank you, Father God, you're faithful. I thank you, Father God. I trust you and I believe you. Now, once again, the key to a lot of this is you got to understand, God doesn't move on our timetable. He said that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character hope. Now, think about that right there. When, when perseverance produces character, most of us in this room, I'm just going to say most of us, every one of us is in this room, at one time or another, we think we have the character and the maturity to be in this position, to be in that position. We say, Lord, I want it now. I can do it now, now, now. But really, God is looking and saying, listen, if I put you in that position, you don't have the character to maintain. Now, I remember when I was young, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm called to the ministry. I mean, I'm saved to change the world. And I'd get upset with Father God and I'd say, Lord, I, I need to get in the ministry. I need to be moving in that ministry. Why? I'm ready. I'm ready. 
I've been through Bible school. Well, so what? You know, I mean, that's, that's like saying I'm wearing a Peyton Manning jersey and now I'm an NFL quarterback. Doesn't happen that way. But in my eyes, I'm thinking I'm ready. I look back at it now, years into my life, and if I would have been put into that position at that time in my life, I would have not only got wiped out, I would have caused a lot of problems. See, it's the same with every one of us in this room. Understand that when you're going through these tribulations, something is being developed in me called patience. And when patience is being developed in me, it's creating character. How many of you have ever heard this? A lot of times people have talents and abilities to get them there, but only character will keep them. If I don't have the character in my life, I won't stay in a position. I won't stay in any area of my life. And so understand, this is the process that Father God put into motion. Now turn to the book of Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. You know, every one of us in this room at one time or another, we, we develop character and patience and those things without really even knowing it. Just, just think about this. Maybe last summer... You planned a great vacation for, for this July, a year from now. I'll just throw it out there. This, this may not be a great vacation for you, but we're going to Disney World. So you make the reservation and you say, man, I can't wait. Next year at this time, we're going to go to Disney World. And you begin to plan and you get to October and you look and say, ooh, 10 more months. Then, then December comes around and, and you keep Keep with patience, and I know it's going to come. I know it's going to come. And so not only do I allow the patience to take place, I know it's going to happen, but this is another key for every one of us. There becomes an expectation. Woo, we're going to go. We're going. See, that's the same way with the kingdom of God. You can live with an expectation and say, I thank you, Father God, you're working on my life right now. And oftentimes people will say, well, when's it going to happen, Pastor? Well, I don't know. I'm not God. Do you know in Galatians 6, 9, it says, Don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. If you'll keep patient and hang on. I'll tell you this. From the time I graduated from Bible school until I started pastoring, it was 19 years. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have to hang in there for everything for 19 years. But what if you do? Are you going to be patient enough? Now, I will tell you this. The reason it was 19 years is because I had a lot of issues. God kept getting me on the ironing board, and he said, Listen, buddy, you've got some severe wrinkles. We've got to get them out of you. And so understand that, that God knows best, and God will move. Now, watch this here in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do the things I say? So oftentimes when people get born again, their whole born again experience is based on, on confession. I confess Jesus is Lord of my life. They base the whole thing off of a saying. But Jesus right here, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say to do? So really, Jesus is saying here, the beginning point is to confess me as Lord. 
But the proof of the pudding is always in the eating. And so what Jesus is telling me and you here is to have a relationship with Him, I must obey Him. My obedience is proof that I got born again. So in saying that, how well do you obey? See, a lot of people will say to, well, I've confessed Jesus is Lord of my life. And I said, well, I'm not denying that. But what do I do with Luke 6, 48? Why do you call me Lord, but you don't do the things I've asked you to do? So it throws it into a whole other arena. Now watch what he says in verse 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you whom he is like. Now, now look at the three things that Jesus himself tells every one of us right here. Number one, he said, the whoever comes to me. You know what that means? You surrender your life to Jesus. You confess him as Lord and you say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Remember, to get born again, you have to come to Jesus. Now look what he says the second thing. Note, he didn't quit right there and say, once you've confessed me as Lord, it's done. No, it's not done. Look what he says next. And then, those who hear my saying. So you know what the next step is? Once I get born again, i got to start getting in the Word of God. I've got to start feeding my faith and starving my doubts. I've got to find out what the blueprint says. I've said this many times. You get into the Word of God and God will get into you. And part of this is I've got to get my mind renewed to the Word of God. Where's that? That's Romans 12. Renew your Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind to the Word of God. You've got to get in the Word and you've got to start hearing the Word. But he didn't stop there. Look at his last thing he said, and whoever does them you know what that means i actually obey i actually do what he's asked me to do and so he said i'll show you who this man is like now watch this verse 48 he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock now just just think about this just for a second He's like a man building a house. The first thing that the guy did is he dug deep. Now note that. He dug deep. You know what that tells me? It was something that happened day by day by day by day. It took time and it took effort. And I will tell you this. It took patience. But understand, he had a blueprint. He saw the end result at how it would look. And me and you, we have a blueprint. The Bible will tell you everything you need to know. It'll, 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 it'll lead you and it'll guide you if you'll get a hold of it. And if you'll note, he didn't say that he dug shallow. He, he dug deep. So he got in there and he dug and he dug and he dug. And it didn't say he hired someone else to dig for him. He dug deep. And so this shows me right here that this man understood that he had a foundation and the foundation was built on the rock, which is the Lord and Savior Jesus. Keep reading. And when, there's that word when again. It didn't say if, it said when the flood arose, the, str- the stream bit vehemently against that house, and it could not shake it, for it was found on the rock. Now think about this. 
Patience was developed during the storm. Faith was developed before the storm ever came, if you'll read that. He built that house and his foundation was founded on the rock. And when the storms came, so he's built, he's got a foundation. And so when the storms of life, the tribulations, the tests and trials came, guess what faith did? Faith, faith was standing strong and it was holding fast. And patience said, because the patience in me, knowing God's going to take care of me, it allowed the doors for the faith to stay open and operate. This is the same for me and you. The key to this is, I got to dig deep. And i got to get the word in me and then just be patient. And say, okay, Father God, I know you're at work in me. I've dug, I've got into the word, I'm standing on the word. And God will move. He'll help every one of us in this situation. The, the, uh, the, the difference in all this is i got to get the word. i got to stay patient. God's at work. Nothing happens overnight, guys, okay? Even in the building of a house. It'll help us a little farther in this area. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. Woo, I, I know God's word is true and the answer is inevitable. It's going to happen. It's, gonna, it's not going to happen on my time, but it's going to happen. How many in this room right now are believing God for something? If you're not, you need to get your hand up. You need to be believing God for something. If your life's so great, start believing for other people. I'm always believing God for something. Right now, one of my prayers is, Lord, fill me with wisdom. Fill me with wisdom. My desire is for the things of heaven. I really am. Fill me with love. Let the love of God flow out of me. Let, let, let the things of God... I'm, I'm believing God, and I'm going to teach on this before long here. I'm believing God that there's going to be signs and wonders in this church, that there's going to be angelic activity like we have never seen before. And I got my faith out there. I'm believing for it. But that doesn't mean I'm thinking it's going to happen tomorrow. If it happens tomorrow, great. If it happens next week, great. God knows. God knows every one of us where we're at. Now, watch this in 1 Corinthians 10 because there's some wording in here that will get to patience eventually. It says, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Now, this is the first thing that I want to get because there's three, three truths in here. The first one is that the testings and the temptations, they're all common to man. Is that not what he said? He said, no temptation is over, overtaking you except such as common to man. So what he's telling you is you're no different than other people. What they're experiencing or what they have experienced. And a lot of times, people have the thought, my life is so much harder. My life is so much more difficult than everybody else. You don't know what I'm going through. But when we get over and think that, we've almost come across with this mentality, the devil has created this crazy temptation just for me. I'm so special. You're not that special. If I'll read the word. So we read it again. No temptation is overtaking you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. He's not going to make you to be tempted with anything that you can't handle. Now, there's times you look and say, oh my gosh, Lord, I don't know how much more of this I can take. He ends with this, 
but he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now that word bear it right there, it means to endure it. In one translation, it literally comes back and it says that you may be able to have patience. Understand this. Psalms 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. You're going to go through things. The key is this, that you don't stop and pitch a tent there and hang out there. You walk on right on through and understand, God will lead you through. How many, how many of you are in, yeah, I'll go ahead and ask you, how many of you are in great temptations and trials right now? A few of you that are honest. Understand this, God's going to help you. Just keep saying, Father God, I thank you, you're working on my behalf. You know, several years ago, it was in the month of May, the Lord said to me, he said, I'm going to give you a second win. It's going to be a season right here that you're going to have great rest and you're going to relax. And I said, oh, thank you, Lord. I appreciate it. And then I stopped and I said, Lord, if you're giving me a second win, does that mean something's going to happen? And he said, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, man. And you know what? Come July... It was the hardest July I think I've ever had in my life. But the Lord prepared me and I said, Okay, Lord, just as you were patient to give me a time of rest, I trust you in this. God wants to help you. And I got two more passages you've got to see to tie this together. Go, go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Understand, remember, when you live by faith, patience is going to have to be developed. It's got to be. Because if not, I'm going to get very frustrated at God. Why God, God? When God, when? See, my part is just to believe God. That's the only thing I'm called to do. And when I live by patience, it will happen. It's not going to happen on my time, but it's going to happen. Thank you, Father God. I'm patient. Hebrews 6. Begin with me in verse 9. But, beloved, we are confident of better things. You can be confident of better things. How? You just find out what the Bible says. I'm confident of better things because the Bible tells me so. We can be confident of better things concerning you, yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Now, listen right here. God hadn't forgot you. He hasn't forgot you. Have any of you ever said that out of your mouth? I have. I said, duh, God, do you not see? Do you not? And he's like, I see. I see. I hadn't forgotten you, okay? Keep reading. Verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence, the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. I got to be diligent until the very end. I hang on to the things of God until the very end. Now watch this in verse 12. That you do not become sluggish or lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Now get it right there. He said that me and you are to imitate 
The ones who've gone through faith and patience, and they what? They inherited the promise. They said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust you, and I can go back and I can tell you several in the Bible. That through faith and patience they inherited. You look at King David's life. He was anointed to be the next king at 17. He didn't become the king until he's 30. Very similar with the man Joseph. He has the great dream in his teenage years. He doesn't become a king. But through faith and patience, they inherited the promise. You know, when stuff started going bad, they didn't say, God, you lied. You look at the woman Ruth. She came out of an ugly area called Moab. But through faith and patience, she kept serving God and she knew that, that she had continued to live for him. And as she did, God brought her a man named Boaz. See, a lot of people, you want a Boaz in your life. But you don't want to do the things she's done to get the Boaz. She just remained faithful and she lived for him. See, some of you want a Boaz, but you keep hanging around with dumbass and stupid ass and lazy ass. That woke some of you up, didn't it? And I I don't mean that ugly, but that's the bottom line. That I want the Boaz, but I don't want to do it through faith and patience. I don't want to say, okay, Father God, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle in my life for second best. I know, Father God, you have a Boaz for me. And she hung tough. Okay? Forgive me if that bothers you. But through faith and patience, they inherit the promise. Now, when I find that word right there, they inherit the promise, it takes me to Hebrews chapter 10. Turn there, just a page. Hebrews 10, and I want to read this last verse to you. Hebrews 10, verse 36. For you have need of endurance, patience, perseverance, steadfastness, The capacity to continue to bear up under difficult circumstances. You have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now it becomes very clear to me when I read that. That I'm going to endure. And I'm not going to endure and be an old sourpuss about it and complain and gripe. I'm going to endure, endure and I'm going to say, okay, Father God, no matter what I'm going through, no matter if I'm going through a fire, no matter if I'm going through the wind, the storm, the flood, I'm going to hold fast to you. Now just think about this in your life right now. Is there an area that you're believing God for, but all of a sudden a test comes and it's like it knocks the, the legs out from underneath you. Begin to pray and say, Father God, I ask you, Fill me with a patience. Fill me with an endurance. Fill me with a steadfastness. Let, let me grab onto it unlike any time I ever think. I call that bulldog faith. You know, when a bulldog lacks, lacks, uh, grabs a hold of something, he doesn't let go. He'll shake this. I believe that's how we need to get with our faith, that I grab on and I say, okay, Father God, I'm going to believe you and I'm going to trust you. And this is part of the process. So I tell you that in a positive way tonight. If I'm going to have to be patient, then okay, Lord, 
begin to help me. And every one of us in this room, we have something every day that tests our patience. My kids, my job, my boss, traffic, those stupid traffic lights. See, it can be just a little thing. No matter what it is, I said, Lord, help me. I, I put on patience today. I put on that endurance. Now, this, this is the truth. Tonight after church, I've been instructed that we have to go to Walmart. She told me that on the way to church. I thought she knew I was teaching on patience. And I, I tell you guys, when I go in there, I have to put on patience. I literally have to put on patience. You know, they have that 20-item express line. They lie. That's not an express line. That is. But once again, I realize, you know what? If I'll just be patient and realize life's going to go on, I'm going to get to the, the checker sooner or later. So why am I going to lose my joy over that? I'm preaching to myself right now. You hear what you're saying? Stand up before I really start getting in trouble in here. I, I tell you this stuff because, listen, I'm going through the same thing you guys are. We go through areas where, man, I, I need endurance, so let's just bow our head tonight in, in those areas. You know, I know a lot of you college guys are down here. You're fixing to go in through, through some finals here. God's going to help you. He's going to help you. So no matter where you're at, just believe God. Let's, let's bow our head. Father God, we love you tonight. And Lord, as we get over and we realize the just shall live by faith. Lord, as we're going through tests and trials and tribulations, hardships, difficulties right now, you said count it all joy, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. And so, Lord, let patience develop in us that it causes us to be men and women of character, maturity, that we become complete. And when the blessing, when the arrival of the very promise and the things we're believing you for come forward, we're ready for it. And so, Lord, we ask that tonight. I ask that you help one, strengthen ones in their heart tonight, and bless them, and just a great rest of the week here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.